We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I'm your host. Joining me today is my co-host Alex and a very special special guest, excuse me, uh, Mr. Matt Overton, the long snapper for the Chargers. Happy to uh, have him on. And uh, Matt, thanks for time, taking the time to join us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be on here. Yeah, we are, are super stoked to have you. Uh, this is the third week in a row that we've had a Chargers player on. Uh, so this is really fun for us. But um, I want to get your kind of your thoughts because I don't think anybody has really asked you about this in terms of your return to football this year, at least from what I've seen, because, you know, the Chargers had two long snappers in training camp. They cut one, the other one gets injured. Um, so were you preparing to come out of retirement or what was that conversation like as you were preparing to join the Chargers? I mean, I was never really retired. Um, I okay. just was, a, was a free agent on the street, man, trying to get back on a team. And um, yeah, all of all of 2019 uh, sat out the entire season. Um, I was in I was in a training camp in preseason with the Jaguars and, and got released right before the season started. Um, so all of 2019 sat out, and that's when I had my little stint with the Chargers. Um, like I told you earlier. I had my cup of coffee with the team. They signed me um, the Mexico City game. Um, oh, okay. It was for kind of precautionary reasons. You know, um, Cole Mazza, the, the snapper, um, had elevation sickness. And so they weren't sure if he was able to go or not. But, you know, fortunately enough, he was able to. But I got a free trip to Mexico City and uh, got to uh, go. hang with the team for a few days. And, and as soon as the game was over, I was sent home. So. That was my little uh, stint with the team and, and uh, a couple of familiar faces from that year, you know, Badgley and, and Ty and, and a couple of those guys. But um, yeah, that, I really literally sat out the entire season of 2019 and um, to going on into 2020 was a little bit of, of an unknown for me. And um, fortunately, I mean, the, the blessing in, in disguise for the COVID um, season was that you know, they were able to sign veteran players to practice squads. Um, yeah. And so for me, um, you know, I was never practice squad eligible because I had more than two years of credited seasons and all that kind of stuff. So 
with the COVID rules and restrictions, they, you know, expanded those rosters and, and opened it for, you know, older guys. And, and fortunately I was picked up by the Titans and, and got to stay home um, for that season and, you know, ended up being elevated like week six, I think, and then played the whole year. Um, so uh, in 2020, played with the Titans and, and uh, had a great year and, um, you know, made it to the playoffs, won the AFC South that year. And, um, you know, became a free agent again in 2021. So, you know, my time, you know, preparing was, was, uh, was a little bit longer than I'd hoped that I, I was preparing right. to resign with the Titans and, but it didn't go that way, a tough business. And, and, uh, they, they found their guy and, and Morgan Cox, who's a, you know, a four or five time pro bowl player. And, and, uh, so, um, they signed him that year. And then I just kind of waited. I know I, you know, essentially been a street free agent now for like five years in a row. Okay. So I kind of know, um, kind of how the, it goes. A lot of teams sung, uh, sign young guys early on. They want to evaluate those guys. Um, and then I'm, I'm one injury away, unfortunately, one injury away from getting signed. And so, you know, Cole gets banged up in a preseason game. They got a rookie snapper, Ryan Langan, on his team. And, uh, you know, I have, I have experience with Tom Telesco. You know, he and I were in Indy together when I was a rookie back in 2012 before he got the GM job and, yeah. uh, and with the Chargers. And so, you know, uh, it was just kind of crossing paths again with Tom. He brought me in and uh, long story short, made the team this past year and and uh, was a Charger man. So uh, it's kind of how this this whole thing goes. And um, it, it's, it's been kind of a crazy roller coaster of a journey this past five years. And, um, you know, it, it just it's been fun, though, because it's the, the unknown's kind of exciting. And, and fortunately enough, landed with a great team. And I, I'm from the Bay Area. So being back in my home state, California, is great and uh, always grew up watching the Chargers and and got to be fun of a, a really great team and organization. And uh, we had a great I mean, fell short, but it was still uh, a lot of fun this year. Yeah. You know, I was going to follow up with that because. You mentioned the cup of coffee stayed with the Chargers this year. You play all 16 or 17 games. Still weird to me. Um, but what did you make of that, you know, full season? Stan? I know you tweeted out that you were really proud of playing the, the whole season this year. What was what was your experience like with the Chargers this year? Uh, it, it was tremendous, man. And, and like you just kind of alluded to, yeah, the my, you know, I was with the Colts from 2012 through 2016. So five straight years of playing, full season, staying healthy. And then uh, 2017, uh, I was with the Jaguars. Um, and then I got hurt and put on IR week nine. Mm. So I sat out the rest of that year. And um, the following year, recovered from rehab. And then I got re-signed to the Jaguars, like, again, midway through the season. And then I get sat out all of 2019 and then played uh, about three quarters of 2020 with the Titans. So... This, this year was a, is an incredible feat for me personally, just because, um, you know, I battled through some adversity and, and um, latched on with teams a little bit later in the year. And so being with the team from the get-go, I know I missed out on OTAs and really missed out on most of the training right. camp, but being with the team the entire year was great because it finally felt good to be with a team from, from the get-go and uh, to be in it with guys and get familiar with guys and, and teammates and coaches before the season started. Um, because this is the first team that I'd been on where I hadn't played with anybody on the team. I hadn't uh, been coached by anybody. You, you know, okay. The NFL is such a small little fraternity that you cross paths. I mean, fortunately for me, you know, this is, we'll be going into my 11th year. So it, it chances are I've crossed paths. I mean, I've crossed paths with Tom Telesco 
Um, but uh, outside of him, I didn't really know anybody. And so it was nice to have those like two or three weeks leading into the week one to, to get acclimated a little bit and, and, you know, just kind of get familiar with, you know, names and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, I walked in being the, the old guy on the team. And so it was, it was quite the honor to have that, that uh, badge to wear around, but um, you know, it's 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 fun being kind of that older mentor um, type guy in the locker room, and and this year was was incredibly fun, and I, it exceeded exceeded my expectations as far as you know um, what kind of team uh, the Chargers were and what kind of identity was going to be created. Because I know it's you know fairly new; it's a new new city, new stadium, new you know face of the right. franchise with Herbert, you know new head coach new coaches. So a lot of, uh, you know, kind of the new era, new foundation being set uh, for the organization and for the team. And so being right there at the ground level, that was great. And, and man, the, the future is bright for this team. And, you know, I really am hopeful to be back. Is there a way that you or coaches around the league like to evaluate long snapper play? Because I feel like with punters and kickers, we have these numbers and you have air yards and field goal percentage. But I feel like there's not a lot of people who probably watch long snapper film or are familiar with how to do that. So how, how do you yourself kind of evaluate, you know, your performance or the performance of other guys around the league as a, as a long snapper? Yeah, I mean, so really like when when the season gets going, I mean, um, there's probably less than five guys on the street that are, um, you know, veteran long snappers. So it's not like you have this huge pool to pull from if somebody gets hurt or, you know, there's, you know, there's, you know, some issues with performance. Um, and so for me, I always know that like, Hey man, if, if I just, you know, stay in shape and stay ready, that phone call is going to come at some point, um, you know, whether it's an injury or, um, COVID or, um, you know, somebody's just not playing that well. So, yeah. um, you know, being, been in, in this, uh, ride now as a, as a three, like street free agent, you know, um, for like five years now. So I kind of understand how it goes. You just have to be patient. Uh, but when it comes to like evaluating, it's really, um, coach Swinton, our head, uh, our head special teams coordinator, you know, he had, again, like I said, it's a small fraternity. So he coached with, you know, some of my former coaches. So it's kind of like, you know, they, they're familiar. There's some with, overlap somewhere. You know, yeah. Right. My, my familiarity with his scheme is, is, is where I get, you know, from my previous coaches that he coached under. So it's kind of like that, um, you know, Hey, what do you think about Matt? Oh, he's, you know, he's great. Is he healthy? Good. You just bring him in kind of thing. And, and, you know, there's, like I said, there's a small pool of, of, of us guys. I know there's a lot of more younger guys, but when it comes to like the season, um, you know, teams are a little more reluctant to bring in, you know, a rookie guy. They'd rather have somebody that has some experience, whether it's two years or 10 years, you know. So, you know, coaches, you know, um, kind of favor the veteran in that in that case. Um, so, you know, for, like I said, fortunately for me, you know, unfortunately, Cole got hurt. Great young long snapper who belongs in this league for a long time. And uh, I'm once he's healthy and ready to go, I'm sure he'll be back. Um and so I just was there just to fill in the shoes, man, and, and do the best that I could and, um, you know, be, be a veteran leader um, that, you know, they asked me to be and try to do my best. And, and um, you know, I thought we had a lot of fun. Um, I know we had highs and lows on special teams this year, but ended on a high note. And, um, you know, just excited to see where this young group of guys can take this team um, because we, we know the quarterback position is – is at an elite level. We know the skill positions and, you know, the guys on the defense side of ball with DJ and, and Bosa and those guys. And, um, you know, special teams wise, I mean, there's a lot, the ceiling's high and we, we have 
high expectations now because of the fact that we ended on a, on a pretty good note. And we have a lot of young guys that are now, you know, going to be taking over some of those spots as, you know, the core guys. Um, and I, I know without a doubt that, you know, Telesco and, and Staley, those coaches hold, you know, that unit to a high expectation. And we have to meet those this year going into 2022. And so, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, where this, you know, team goes in, in regards to that phase. And, and um, you know, I know D-Hop and, and Ty and myself were all, you know, uh, free agents this offseason. So see what happens. And I, I hope the three of us are back. I know all three of us want to be back. Um, but, you know, it's business is business. And, and uh, you know, I'll be 37. So, you know, they'll, they'll probably look for the next uh, David Ben or whatever you want to, you know, they're going to be looking for somebody that can play you know, the position for a long time. But, you know, I, I, you know, I'm staying ready for the opportunity and staying in great shape and healthy. And, and uh, you know, I, I am hopeful to, to be back with the Chargers. Well, man, it's about, it's about the mileage, not the age. So you might be 37, but, you know, yeah. right. Well, I'm not so. 37 yet, but I will be once the ball kicks off in the season, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I want to get your thoughts because, you know, you're, you're alluding to, you know, the, the, the specialists, if you will, at the end of the season, we're all veteran players. Of course, Andre Roberts, yourself, Ty Long, Dustin Hopkins, and really outside of Ty heading into the season, there was a lot of like uncertainty amongst the fans of like, you know, this young group and Michael Badgley, of course, was, was heading into the season too with, with competition with Tristan, but there was a lot of just uncertainty, you know, around who was going to be a key, a core special teamer. What was this going to look like? Then, of course, they decided to roll with Tristan, you know, KJ Hill, Larry Roundtree were, were returning kicks. And then, you know, you come along and then midseason they bring in Dustin and Andre. And what was that transition like for you guys? I mean, you're a veteran player, but, you know, when you're talking to these young players and, you know, they have to go from, you know, blocking for, KJ Hill as opposed to Andre Roberts and you know watching Tristan kick as opposed to Dustin Hopkins what is that transition like for a young player do you think I mean it's a big transition I mean a lot of these guys outside of you know kicking putting and long snapping you know most of these guys and, and even returning like a lot of these guys never really did it in college they, you know they're the they're the star running back they're the star receiver they're the star linebacker and they're not playing yeah. in that phase you know because the college roster has got 100 plus guys and they can find right whoever to fill in. And so when you have 53 and only 46 or 47 dress, it's like, you know, you have to have a core of like five to eight guys that are playing in all phases of special teams. And, you know, when KJ was back there and then Roundtree was back there, I mean, you know, those are young guys um, with not a lot of experience and it's not as easy as catching the ball and just finding the hole and going. It's, there's a reason why Andre Roberts has been to the Pro Bowl like six times. You know, there, you know, he is he is a special list in the in the fact that he only returns. Um, and there's not a lot of guys like him that have the vision, have the patience, they understand leverage, they understand, you know, where to find that seam. And it's just it's it's a feel that I think I don't know, Andre would tell you, but it's probably just a feel that he has gained over the course of his 12-year career. You know, that that he can't teach to Larry or he can't teach to KJ and these, these young guys. And I think early on in the season, like we're just plug and play, like who's going to be our returner this year? You know, who, who are we going to give a chance to? And it's it's not that they're not good players. It's just they just don't have the experience. And then on top of it, you have a bunch of young guys blocking for them who have never done it. And so you're talking about Nick Neiman, Eamon, uh, Chris Rump. Um, I mean, the list goes on of how young we were across the board. Um, and even like, 
you know, Drew Tranquil, who is, who is in my mind, a veteran, but he's only really played a full season because uh, he was out yeah. last year. So, you know, putting the reins on Drew as being that leader, but then he was playing a lot of defense. So it's like, where do you, you know, right. where do you kind of um, draw the line for Drew? Because he's balling on defense. We need him healthy. Um, but he was a key, you know, attribute to our special teams because he's a baller. Um, so I think early on, like the first like six or seven weeks, we're just like really trying to find, you know, the guys that we needed to, to, to play certain positions. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we, we kind of we struggled. Um, and it's 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 kind of it not almost expected sometimes. I mean, it's a tough transition, you know, and there's yeah. no OTAs anymore. And, you know, it's so it's the on field prep has changed a lot, you know, since I've started playing. Um, and especially if they continue to keep OTAs kind of at, you know, uh, a limited uh, number of days you can get with the team and all kinds of stuff. And I know the veteran guys love it because they can stay home longer and stuff like that. But for the young guys who are learning and trying to make a team, it, it really is detrimental to their progress. Uh, so really in training camp, they have that three to four weeks before the season goes to like really figure it out. Um, but with that being said, I mean, going into this next year with those guys I just mentioned, I mean, they're going to be key attributes to, you know, special teams. I know, I know Chris is rump is, you know, preparing to be an edge rusher and, you know, that's the, the ceiling's high for that kid, you know, Nick Neiman freaking stud uh, should have been in the pro bowl. Um, and then, uh, you know, you know, hopefully a guy like Andre Roberts is back because it only elevates your team. It only creates more of an edge when you're, you're playing against other teams because teams know like, Hey, keep the ball out of Andre Roberts' hands because right. he proved that when he touches the ball, he makes an impact. Um, and then you need to talk about Tristan, a, a young kicker, you know, just learning his way. Uh, the kid has got some of the most incredible leg power I've ever seen. And I've played, you know, I played with Vinatieri. I played with Josh Lambeau, all pro kickers, you know, and, um, you know, he, he's got the ability to, to do it. But again, he's a rookie. He's, he's finding his way through, you know, and so I think he's going to continue to grow. Um, uh, this year as well. Um, but like I said, you know, if you can keep these guys together for the next, you know, three years, two to three years, I mean, the special teams play is just going to be elevated because now they're going to have a lot more experience. They're going to understand um, how to, how to protect, how to block, how to run down field, how to make plays. And then, you know, you get excited, you know, like, um, you know, when, when, we were making big plays, the return to the house against Denver, um, even the, the opening kickoff against Kansas City, where it's, you know, we just yeah. like, lace away from taking it. I mean, that those 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 plays bring so much momentum to the team. And then guys, when they start seeing themselves make those types of plays, whether it's a big block or a big tackle, like now they're like, all right, this is why I want to be on special teams. It's more, it's like it's it's like guys buying into it, you know. Um, whereas before there was like, man, I want to be a starter on defense or offense, but a lot of a lot of veterans will tell you, man, you make your name on special teams first before you you make the move up. You know, if you're not that first round draft pick, you know, if you're an undrafted free agent, man, the best way to make the team is be on special teams. So you better be coming uh, ready to learn and and be a productive player on those on his units. I wanted to talk about Darius Swinton because uh, you mentioned him as the special teams coordinator this year. Uh, fortunately, won't be back next year with the team. So I kind of wanted to know now the Chargers are going to be on their third special teams coordinator in that three year period. Um, do you think that that's going to be hard to adapt to another system or do you think 
because you guys found Andre and found Dustin later in the year that there will sort of be that familiarity and you guys will kind of pick up where you left off? Yeah, I mean, you know, Swinton was a great coach. I really enjoyed playing with him. You know, he's been in this league for a long time. Uh, Coach Mayer as well, the assistant. Really loved playing for him. Schematically, pretty um, pretty similar to a lot of teams that I've been a part of. Again, it's really not – it's not too different. It's not as, you know, um, crazy as a transition from a new offensive coordinator to another or defensive coordinator. We're not, like, reinventing the wheel here. Um, really, the NFL is a copycat league. And so when, when one coach comes, he, it kind of falls off that tree of another coach, and it's very, very similar on kind of the schemes and techniques that they bring over. So I don't expect there to be a huge um, learning curve um, with that going into this offseason. Um, but, yes, it'll definitely help having, you know, a, a great mix of veteran guys with the young guys to continue to build off of last year. Um, and I know they – I don't think they've announced who the new coordinator would be, but – um, I expect them to bring a, a great guy in that's going to uh, be a great coach for this phase. And, and um, you know, I'm sure guys are, are excited to get to work with them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, we're uh, we're all waiting to see who they decide to hire there. You know, the the, the coaching hiring period uh, in general around the league has has been much slower this year than usual, which I think is is generally a good thing. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've got some uh, discriminatory practices going on, according to Brian Flores, which is uh, so unfortunate to see. But I want to ask you a question because uh, someone pointed this out to me that Coach Michael Wilhoit uh, actually used to coach special teams in new Orleans. So I'm just kind of curious here, was he active on special teams with you guys here in Los Angeles or was he strictly linebackers coach only? Uh, he was linebackers coach only. Um, so Will Hoyt and I, man, we played in the UFL together. So no <laughs> yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he's, he's one of those guys, man, came from a division two school, uh, maybe an undersized linebacker, undrafted free agent, went to the UFL for a couple of years and then finally got signed. I think he went to the Niners first and then played the Seahawks. But anyway, he's a perfect example of a guy that bought into special teams and he carved out an eight, nine year career in the NFL because, um, you know, he was he was that guy that made plays on special teams. And then he, he got to start on defense when, when guys went down or whatnot. So he's a perfect example of why, you know, you know, playing special teams and at a high level is so important because it, 
it um, it gives you an opportunity to make a team and it gives you an opportunity to stick around in the league for a, a much longer time. Um, and so he was he was really, really good at helping guys with like footwork and technique and leverage and tackling drills. Um, I mean, he didn't he didn't get too involved as as much as maybe some some of the guys would have liked. Um, I think he's a great coach. Um, he's very relatable because he's still young. He's not very far removed from the game. Yeah. And when you have a when you have a coach as a former player, there's there's something to be said about that. I mean, there's a there's a kind of a trust level that just kind of elevates because, you know, that that coach knows what you're going through mentally and physically and emotionally. Um, and he's been there and done that. So when he can reference tape and reference certain techniques, like, of course, I'm going to trust him because he just showed us him doing it, you know, against the Seahawks, you know. And right. so. I mean, that's interesting, man. I would I don't know what, what Will Hoyt's got going on. I know he wants to be a linebacker's coach, but man, if he was promoted to the coordinator of special teams, man, I think, man, that's a I I never really thought of that, whether they're gonna make a move internally, but um gosh dang, he would be one heck of a special teams coach, man. Well, there we go. I can, that is so funny, man. Uh did not, you know, think that was coming at all. We got a connection from uh the UFL on, on record. Yeah, so Omaha Nighthawks, man. Look them up. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead alex yeah no i mean i just want to ask uh kind of building on that right if you have someone like michael wilhoyt then you know yeah on special teams he gets to continue to work with uh drew tranquil and gets to continue to work with nick david if he's the special teams coordinator so he has a little bit of that built-in uh knowledge there as well um you know i guess my my final question is just uh how, how do you kind of i know you have stay ready on your hat and it's a huge part of your your brand how does that kind of mentally feel in the nfl i know you talked about sort of being a veteran and uh being someone who's a free agent uh you know on the street sometimes how does that how what's the mental challenge i guess to overcome with that yeah man i mean it's it's kind of been my little personal motto now for you know ever since when i was i was released in indy um in early of 2017 and you know that that kind of sideswiped me caught me off guard um and that's kind of when you know I, I again to go back even further it took me six years to make my first NFL team out of college so that you know between college and in my time in Indy you know played in the UFO for three years played the arena league bounced around to these little you know community I mean I just did I was all over the place I was a tumbleweed just going wherever I could play and that's where my my uh, uh, journey crossed with uh, Will Hoyt in the UFL in Omaha, Nebraska, playing for the Nighthawks. Um, but you know, when in 2017, when I became that that free agent again, and the phone wasn't calling to get picked up, man, I just was like, man, I just have to stay ready in the moment. I have to stay ready in my preparation, my routine. I got to stay in shape because I I do know that that call comes at any moment, and um, the last thing I ever want to feel when that call comes is like I'm not prepared. And so it just it was a daily mindset going in to even though it was long and some days I, I felt like give, giving up and uh, not wanting to go work out. And then, you know, when it gets later in the year, you know, now, you know, training camp has started or preseason started, it's, the calls still haven't come. You get discouraged, man. It's easy to get discouraged because guys are playing. And why aren't why aren't I getting an opportunity? And but that, that call comes at, at the most unexpected time. And that's been the case for me every single time I've been called. I mean, uh, the Jaguars literally were the team, the last team that I ever wanted to go play for. And for whatever reason, <laughs> whatever reason, man, God, God took me there, man. He, he opened that door for me and it turned out to be an incredible experience in my life. I loved playing in, in Jacksonville and 
that was the year we went to the AFC Championship. So there was there were so many great things that happened. You know, when when literally that was the last time I told my agent I do not want to go to Jacksonville, and and I ended up there for for two and a half years and uh, and had a lot of fun there. Um, and then this past year with uh, the Chargers, man, I was in bed one afternoon watching a preseason game, and my agent calls and said, "Hey, you want to go to LA?" I'm like, "Let's go." You know, and so just being, you know, staying ready. And it's, it's a motto that not only that I hold personally, but um, through my faith and, and just perseverance and his training. But it's, it's, a, it's a message that ties to my testimony that I like to share with younger guys because, you know, these young rookies that just don't know what they don't know. And, you know, they played in the SEC and they play at the highest level in college. And then they get to the NFL and realize, like, dang, I'm the low man on the totem pole now, you know, and, and guys are getting cut and, you know, the NFL, the acronym, not for long. It's true. There's guys that literally walk into an NFL building and they last, you know, only a couple of days, you know, and some, some never play again. And then some just take, have to keep on going and going and team to team. And it takes, you know, you know, six to eight teams to finally crack it and stick. And, and there's so many guys that have that same story. You know, it's not the, it's not the uh, um, the glory, you know, get drafted and, you know, you, you, you start right away. And, and so I like to share that message with, with a lot of guys because, you know, even though I'm older, um, you know, I came into the league my, my rookie year, I was 27. And so I'm, I'm, I'm carrying, you know, the ball bag when my punter was already three years in the league, but he's four years younger than I am, you know. So it's like, but I'm the rookie because I've never, you know, I was 27, you know, so. Um, I like to just share that story and it's just a cool motto. It's a daily reminder for me, like to never be complacent, never be content and just keep striving and pushing, man. And my goal is to play Tom 40, man. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing until I literally physically can't do it to where I know I need to be. Um, and I have no more passion and energy for it. I love the game so much and, you know, I want to be a champion, man. And I want to help contribute and help a team win. Well, I, I think I speak for, uh, most Chargers fans when I, that I, <laughs> that I uh, hope you play until you're 40 on the Chargers. Uh, my, my last question here, you mentioned the Colts punter. I have to ask you about Pat McAfee because he's become such a large media personality for the brand. Yes, let's go. Um, give me your favorite Pat McAfee story, uh, whether it be, you know, as a player or afterwards. Um, you know, what's, what's kind of your relationship now with Pat McAfee? I mean, there's there's really too many stories to share. And I guess the only, the, the, the story I'll share is, I mean, today is the five-year anniversary that he abruptly retired from the NFL. Yeah. And so um, I didn't realize it until I saw it on Twitter and people were tweeting me and because I, I posted a, I posted a picture of me standing on a corner in East Nashville with the, I love Pat shirt on with a little cardboard <laughs> sign saying, I just lost my punter. Um, you know, I need hugs or, whatever yeah. it said, you know, and, and, um, you know, just the, uh, the time I had with him was incredible, obviously a great player, one of the best to ever do it. Um, he left as an all pro left as a pro bowl punter that year, you know, arguably one of the best punters to ever play. And he, he was such a young guy when he left, he left at his prime and, uh, got to play with Vinatieri too. So those two for me have been incredible mentors and leaders in my life and just, you know, great guys that I looked up to. Um, and, and it's no surprise that Pat's, you know, excelling at what he loves doing. Um, just the, you know, the content he's always created. It's, this is nothing new. This is stuff he's been doing for 10, 12 years. I mean, 
he's he's super creative he's ahead of his time um and you know it's he's he's the per, the persona that he portrays online and, and on a show is is kind of what i experienced quite a bit um but there were also times where you know you know he's super competitive um he knows when to work hard one of the hardest workers i've been around um just a genuine guy and we had a lot of fun man it was never a dull moment vinitary is the same way you know when it's when it's time to work it's time to work but when when there's time to have a little fun i mean there's there's a lot of fun to to go around and um i mean just my memories with them are incredible i mean there's a lot i, I just can't pinpoint but with it being the the anniversary i mean just reflect on that time where i woke yeah. up I, like i kind of knew he was going to do it but i never quite believed him until he did it um i mean this had been kind of months that we kind of had it uh, an idea that he was thinking about doing it and we always i mean kind of always called his bluff dude it's like dude you're not gonna do it i mean i know you're creative and you have a great thing waiting for you but you know why leave now you know it was kind of the thing and so uh, i think with uh uh just the things he endured with with some injuries and and just the perfect storm with like barstool and him to be able to kind of brand himself outside of football and and do i mean he genuinely loves doing what he's doing that's the joy that he's always envisioned and and you know i, I think you know for for a lot of guys you know football doesn't bring that joy that it once did and and uh, he's, he decided to go out at the top of his game and something to, res to respect about that. And, and now he's proven everyone wrong because when he retired, man, people called him crazy, you know, and, and a lot of people did. And uh, I, I never once thought he was crazy for doing it because I knew the kind of talent he had. But, um, man, it was – he elevated my game. I mean, there's still things that I – the stories that I share with young guys like Ty. Ty asked about, um, you know, about Pat a lot and – Tristan and D-Hop ask about Vinatieri and, you know, how, you know, how do they train, how do they approach the game, practice, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I love to be able to share that because I, I got to see firsthand for, you know, five years um, how those guys um, carry themselves day in and day out and, and, and why Vinny, Vinny's a, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame. And, and you could argue that, you know, for the punting position, that Pat could be one, you know, um, if they yeah. ever start, you know, inducting those guys, you know, so – um, man, I, I, I could ramble on and uh, about both of them, but uh, man, my, my time with them has been, been great. And I love seeing um, seeing Pat just do what he loves to do and entertain the world, man. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that football is better because of what he did. You know, and it, it's funny, you know, you mentioned playing until 40. Of course, Vinatieri played until 42, right? Uh, no, I think 46, maybe. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I lowballed that one. Looks um, good for his age. He's been gone. He's been out of the league now for two years. I think it's at least forty-five or somewhere because he's twelve years older than I am. So um, he's he's been out. Yeah, so it's probably forty-six, maybe I think. So wow. yeah, and then uh, 20, 20, twenty-two years, and he came in. He came in a little bit later because he played in the NFL Europe. Um, Jeez. So yeah, if I'm if my math is correct, 47. I don't know. So if he came in at 25, um, we'll have to we'll have to Wikipedia that. Yeah, and then uh, of course Pat and his career there. Just funny those those dynamics. But uh, Matt, can't thank you uh, enough for your time today. You've been very generous with us, and uh, wish you nothing but the best. I know you're uh, training with some young long snap long snappers that I I look forward to seen some content there but uh wish you nothing but the best and again hope you are able to uh resign with the team this year yeah i appreciate you guys thank you bolt up yeah thanks matt see you guys